let's pray. Father, we do thank you once again, God, for the opportunity that we have to open up your word, to study your word. And I do pray, God, I pray today as we uh, look at, uh, I, I think this section, I think this to me is one of the most challenging sections, maybe even going into a little bit more challenging section, but Lord, you're just, you're just calling us out. You're speaking to our hearts. And Lord, you're not letting anybody feel comfortable, and that's a good thing. So I pray, I pray once again that, Lord, we wouldn't just hear physically, but we would hear with our hearts, with our inner man, and that, Lord, you would have your way in our lives, that we wouldn't be people that we're gonna read about here who are dull of hearing and just kind of shut it out, but we allow you, Holy Spirit, to do the work that you intend to do in our lives. So God, we do give you this time. We want to set everything else aside. And God, we want to hear from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, in chapter two, the author warned us or encouraged us on not drifting. If you remember, we could go back and look. And he said, hey, drifting's dangerous. Don't do that. And then in chapter three and part of chapter four, he once again encouraged us or warned us about doubting God's word and not trusting God's word. Now here in chapter five, we're getting into the area where there are consequences. Listen, if you do drift and you do doubt, here's the consequences and that's what he's gonna talk about. And I think this section is kind of a, a, a hard hitting section. Physically, we understand when a person, or emotionally, when a person doesn't grow, we kind of understand that, right? If a person doesn't grow uh, emotionally, and, and you know, when a person is, is 40 years old and they're acting like a 10-year-old, we know something's wrong, and it, it saddens us, and it bothers us, and even if they don't grow physically, we understand that. But here's the sad thing, when people don't do that spiritually, it's tended to be ignored. Nobody wants to address it. Nobody wants to look at it. Nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to, to call those people out and say, why are you still a baby? Why are you acting like a baby? I think it's cute when babies are babies. I don't think it's so much cute when adults are babies. And so that's what he's getting at here. There is a spiritual stunt or a, a stunt growing spiritually and these guys are, the, the, he's addressing, they're in a mess. And they're in a mess because they have not paid attention to the word of God. And he says, what is going on? Now I kind of like the author of Hebrews because he, he's like pretty blunt all through uh, the, the book of Hebrews on asking people, what is going on? Why are you in this place? And, and I know some people like are scared to death because of the quote warning passages. But once again, man, he's encouraging us. So he has been talking about the superiority of Christ over everything so far, over the angels, over the priesthood, over the law. And then he brought up this guy Melchizedek. And we, we kind of touched on him last week. We're not going to talk about him a lot this week either or next week or the next week. But we'll get back to him. That's just so you keep coming. But listen, listen, he's, he had brought him up. And in verse 11, he says, of whom, talking about Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say. Here's what he's saying. There's a lot I need to say about this guy. 
And then he says this, because this, this to me is heavy. He says, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Here's what he's saying. I got a lot to say about that, but I can't say it because you can't take it. You can't understand it. You have become, and notice, I, I mean, hey, if you're a Bible marker, underline that word, you have become dull of hearing. They have put themselves in a place where they, they have kind of shut down. And, you know, I, it's interesting to me when you read commentaries. And, you know, some of the commentaries say in this section, and every time it gets to kind of a hard passage, one commentary in particular, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, always says he's talking to unbelievers, not believers. I think he's talking to believers. And I think he's calling people out. And here's what he's saying. What is the matter with you? You have become, you're that person who, you know, you, you sit there and it physically goes in, but spiritually nothing happens. And he says, I can't talk to you because it's not gonna make any difference. You have become dull of hearing. Oh, the original word there more refers to you have become lazy. Hmm. That's even a little more hurtful, isn't it? You've become, hey, you get to the point where you're just, you're just like, I'm not listening. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Not going to affect my life. I'm just going to go on. I do this Sunday morning thing because this is what I've been doing for Sunday mornings, you know, for whatever. Last night it was Saturday night, but today it's Sunday morning. Listen, and you do this thing and you just go through it and you become lazy. For homework, read these verses in Proverbs. Doesn't have anything to do with, you know, growing spiritually necessary. It has to do with being lazy. And Proverbs was very, very, very strong about becoming lazy and being lazy. So, so you know, here's, here's the thing. Where are you as a believer this morning, right now, today? Don't think, I don't, I don't want you to think about where your spouse is at. I don't want you to think about where your kids are at or where your parents are at. Where are you today? Are you lazy? Is the only time you open your Bible when you come to church? And, and you even have it on your phone. And you don't open it at home. And he's saying, man, I can't talk to you. And here's, what, here's the way I interpret this. We can't go any further. We're kind of stuck here because... You won't move on and you won't get the, you know, the main thing is kind of, quote, the plain thing. You need to be paying attention. And you need to be paying attention about what's been said and what is happening around you. I've said it before. I think we live in one of the greatest times ever. I know some of you think, man, I think, you know, I think we live in one of the stinkiest times ever. You know, that's why you're wearing masks because it smells. So, you know, but listen, we have such opportunity right now as believers in Jesus Christ. And the problem is we're not taking that opportunity. Let me read this passage to you because this is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about. And I want you to see if this, is, if this could be true about you. This is 1 Peter. 
And it's, it's First Peter challenging those believers, or Peter challenging those believers. He says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Are you right now, right this moment, prepared to give an answer? Because this is what he's asking. And I think there's a whole bunch of us go, no, that's why we have a pastor. You know, we pay you to do that. That's your job. My job is to be, and this is going to be a little bit insulting, to be a fat little baby. How many of you were around when Amy Grant did that song? Fat little baby, yeah, a couple of you raise your hands. If you haven't heard that song, Google it. Just Google the lyrics. Yesterday afternoon, Pastor Rob was just reciting the lyrics. It's fun when you get some songs and you just recite the lyrics as a poem. That was pretty hard hitting. So listen, listen, man, are you that? And only you can answer that. And listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm trying to motivate you and I'm trying to push you and get you out of that place where you've become complacent and, listen carefully, dull of hearing. Has church become really dull to you lately? Thank you. <laughs> think, about, think about when that happens. What changes? It's usually our heart. It's us. And so we have, to, we have to think about that and where we're at with that. So, hey, there's the big challenge. Now, listen, he tells them he would do more. He would do more, but then he says this. He says, Four in verse 12, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have become and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Wow. I, listen, he says so much in this one verse, and he says you should be in a place where you're able to be a teacher. You're able to do the first Peter. You're able to give an answer to those who ask you for the hope that's within you, and you don't just stammer and go, oh, 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 it's Jesus. Now, I think that's a good answer, but you got to go a little bit further than that. And he says, man, here's what he says, that's where you're supposed to be. He's looking at these people and he's going, that's where you're supposed to be. But the problem is you need teachers and you need someone to teach you. And here's what he says, the ABCs all over again. Now that's kind of hard hitting. Like, isn't it horrible to think that you're in a place and as adults, someone's telling you you need to learn your ABCs? Wow. And this author's going, what, what's going on? You should be in this place, but you're refusing to grow, you're refusing. And here's what he says. You should be eating solid food, but all you can take is milk. All you can take is baby food. Last night I challenged everybody and nobody did it, so I'll challenge you guys. <laughs> on your way home after church, Stop by one of the grocery stores. Get a little jar of baby food. Go home and eat it for lunch. Yeah. See, you guys are acting the same way. That is not going to happen. Just do it. Hey, just do it. Here's the thing. And especially, listen, especially if you're kind of struggling in your faith right now because that's what you're doing in your faith. 
and use that as an illustration as you spit that stuff out of your mouth because it's disgusting, then I want you to think about, but that's what I'm doing spiritually. And he says, man, you should be eating, listen, you should be eating solid food, but, but you're not. He says, you have need of milk. You have come to the place. And how did they come? Once again, they didn't, it's okay. It's okay for new believers to be new believers. That's fine because they're new believers. I've said it before. I love, I, number one, I love it when somebody gives their heart to Jesus in our ministry. That's a joy. That's the joy of all joys. And I love being around them. I love watching them say things that make old believers freak out a little bit and, and get uptight. But I don't like it when they're doing that again 15 years later. They're supposed to be growing. And I watch some people, and I interact with some people, and I think, seriously? This is where you're at spiritually? And sometimes I say something, and they leave the church. How dare you? Well, because you're a fat little baby. That's the problem. And you need to grow, and you need to mature, and you need to move on. And once again, we recognize it physically, but we don't spiritually. I want to read this to you because there was another church that was having this same problem. It was a church in Corinth. You know something that always blows my mind? The people who, uh, I, I, and this is, this is just a judgmental thing on my part, but the people who act all spiritual and want to do, to me, some kind of crazy, you know, spiritual things, Pastor Chuck's called it, charismania, you know, and they become, they're, they're the people who they go off the walls with things and, and they want to do it. They usually say, we're, all we're doing is being like the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth was a mess. When people tell me that, I go, I don't want to be like that church. I don't want to have a church like that because they're a mess. Listen to what Paul wrote in chapter three, one through four. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as cardinal, as babes in Christ. Now that there says a lot, right? He says, I can't talk to you like you're spiritual, because you're not. And then he goes on and says this, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you are still babes. I'm kind of paraphrasing some of this. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not babes and behaving like mere children? I want us to think about something. What Paul wrote and what this author is writing and what is our attitude? Are you somebody? Because listen, listen to what he called them out on. Here's what Paul called them out on. He says, you have envy, strife, and division. And that proves that you're not mature in Christ. You know what one of the major problems people talk about in church? Envy, strife, and division. And that's what they're doing. I have to tell you, over the years of doing ministry, more people leave our church over something like that than they do theological reasons or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of type things I think you should leave a church over. It's over strife and division. And he says, here's what he says. When you're acting that way, you're a baby. You're acting like a baby. When kids don't get their way, when little guys, before they're learning, when they don't get their way, what do they do? 
have a tantrum, right? And they throw a fit. Now, hopefully, it's apparent you worked through that, and then when they're a teenager, they're not doing that. Just saying. There's a little parenting advice. Because they should be growing up. Why? Because you've taught them and they've matured along the way, right? And then especially as adults, they're not still doing that. But why is it okay if we do that spiritually? If we bring that into the spiritual world and we have a tantrum and, you know, here's the crazy thing. And I've said this before. When people leave the church, they're firing me. And some people go, no, we're not. And I go, yeah, you are. You're firing me. And at least have enough respect to fire me to my face. You know, come and tell me. Wouldn't you hate to go to work and the door, the locks are changed? They go, why'd you change your locks? Because you got fired four days ago. Well, nobody told me. So when you, if you're going to fire me, tell me. Just come and tell me. Pat, you're fired. And it's okay. I won't go off on you. Too bad. <laughs> but listen, man, here's, here's the thing. Most of the people who leave, they're doing it over silly, silly things. Envy and strife and division. And here's what Paul says, and here's what the author of Hebrews says. That is being a baby spiritually. That is being immature spiritually. You need to grow up. Somebody didn't raise you right in your spiritual raising so that you know how to act as a spiritual adult. Once again, we don't expect adults to have temper tantrums, and I know some still do, but that doesn't mean that that's a good thing. So here's what he's saying, man. He's going, hey, you should be teachers, but you're not. You're having to be taught the very basic principles right now. I'm having to take you guys, and I'm having to try and raise you up and bring you to the place where you're mature. And you know what? It's hard. It's hard to try and carry an adult. Not too bad carrying a little baby, but man, when, you, when people get growing up and you got to carry them, that's tough. And he says, that's what I'm doing. Oh, and then... For everyone, in verse 13, who partakes only of milk, and here's the, here's the kicker to me, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, he finally says that word babe or baby. But listen to what he says, because this is so important. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. If there's anything that plagues the church of Jesus Christ in our century, in our decade, in our time period, it's this right here. People are unskilled. Listen to what he's saying. They're unskilled in the word, and therefore, they don't have a clue about righteousness. Holiness has left the church, and that's sad. And we're not people who we, we strive for righteousness. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm talking about being holy. And, and when I look at this, listen, I, I, I think he's talking about both aspects of righteousness. There's the doctrine of imputed righteousness. And some of you, you know that. Some of you hear that term and you think someone is going to puke on me. You know, you're going, what's imputed? Imputed means this, righteousness is given to you. 
And so we have the imputed righteousness of Christ. When you're born again, that is a fact of your life. But knowing that fact then should create in you a difference in the way you act and the way you behave and what you do because you know that. Hey, I have the righteousness of Christ in me. I don't have to do those other things anymore. I don't have to give in to that. And here's what he's saying. When you're a babe in Christ, guess what? That's void in your life. You don't even think about that. Some of, some of us, if we're really honest, we haven't thought about holiness or righteousness ever. And some of us, we haven't thought about it in years. It's not something that we wake up in the morning and we ask the Lord, hey, today I want to glorify you with my life. Today I want to be holy in your sight. Today I want to make a difference in the world. Today I want people to look at me and know that there's something different about me. Not just that I'm weird, but I want them to know, listen, Jesus is alive in me. Shouldn't that be our goal, saints? And he says, here's what happens. You're sucking on that milk and you're wah, wah, wah. And he goes, you have no clue. You've lost it. Now, I'm not as hungry this morning as I was last night. But I I want you to think of it this way. Which would you rather have when you go home this afternoon for lunch? Which would you rather have? The jar of baby food or a big old ribeye? <laughs> Grilled to perfection. How about a bone-in ribeye? And even, you know, even though it has lots of fat, just with a little bit of butter melted right on it. Oh, oh, oh. Some of you are not getting a ribeye. Because you can't eat it. Because you can't take it in, you can't digest it. It's not gonna matter in your life. Now listen, we put it physical, it kind of makes sense. Spiritually, spiritually, where are you at? And he goes, are you just that babe? Are you someone who you're just, you know, you're wah, wah, wah through life. And the sad thing is, man, listen, you're unskilled. Did you hear that? Underline that word. You're unskilled in the word of righteousness. You're not paying attention to that. It's not working in your heart because you're just a babe. Listen, you're worried. You're worried enough just about, you know, getting up and, and going through life. You're not allowing that to work in you. I believe, listen, I believe, as I said, we live in the greatest time ever. And we have such an opportunity right now. Sure, it's horrible, but have you noticed things are becoming more black and white? More, here it is? Listen, listen what he says. Look at the end of this. He says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. So, if you're of full age, go home this afternoon, get a ribeye. That's what I'm hoping for. I can give you Gaynell's number if you want to call her to. So listen, go home. Solid food belongs to those that, that are full of age. That is, listen to what he says. Those who by reason of use, underline that, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Wow. Wow. I read, listen. I read 11, I get a little bit of bummed. I read 12, I get really bummed. 13, I I can, and I feel bad about myself. Then I read 14 and I'm going, yes, there's hope. There's hope. 
And here's the hope, man, listen. If you start eating solid food and you start being concerned about your true spiritual growth and you start looking at it as a reality and as that I don't wanna be the same today as I was yesterday. I don't wanna be the same this month as I was last month, this year as I was. You gotta get the point. I wanna grow and here's what he says, man. He tells you and I that, hey, when we're a full age, that by reason of use, what is that saying? I'm using the word of God in my life. And he says, listen, by reason of use, their exercise, their senses, or my senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. How can I tell what's good and how can I tell what's evil? There's only one way, the word of God. And the problem is, church, is a lot of the church has let the culture define what's good and what's evil. And we can't do that. We're fat little babies. And we have just enough of Jesus. Here's what some people, I believe, they want just enough of Jesus so they don't go to hell, but they don't want too much of him to interfere with their life. And we're fat little babies. And we don't know the difference between good and evil. And I think we live in a critical, critical, critical time to be men and women who can discern good and evil. And the only way we're gonna do that is by being men and women of the word. We're having an election in what? Four weeks? Three? It doesn't matter who wins this election. There is gonna be chaos like you've never seen. Are you ready, saints? Are you built up? Are you ready to be that person who's gonna shine the light in the midst of the chaos and the darkness? Or are you just gonna get caught up in it? Are you just gonna be all worried about it? Because it's going to get very chaotic, I believe. And you and I have an opportunity to be that person who can give an answer for the hope that's within us. We can be that person, we can discern good and evil and we can tell people, here's good, here's evil. Now listen, I know some people are gonna go, you Bible thumper. And here's what you have to tell them, so what are you going by? I love to ask people that. When they, when they accuse me of being a Bible thumper or something, I go, so what's, what's your criteria? You tell me what your criteria is. Well, I don't have one. Well, then mine's better than yours because you've got nothing. <laughs> Culture? Culture's not a good criteria for good and evil because it keeps changing. Have you noticed that? One minute it's this, one minute it's this. One minute, and so listen, the only thing and the only way we are going to be people who can discern good and evil is by properly using the word of God, not on others, on ourselves and allowing it and eating that big old, listen, I, I think when I sit down and I study my Bible or even if I go to a Bible study to a church or something and there's a good teaching, I feel like, man, I just had the best ribeye ever. I mean, have you gone someplace and gotten a really, really, I'm stuck on steak. <laughs> have you ever gotten like the, like you, you sat down? I remember one time I was out with Robert Furrow and we got like this best steak ever. And the waiter came and he said, is everything okay? And Robert went, no. And he was like shocked. Really, what's wrong? He goes, you just ruined every other steak I will ever eat. 
Do you, do you ever feel that way after you've done your morning devotions or maybe sat in a teaching and you went, oh, yes, that was so, or are you still looking for that baby food? Yeah. Get peas, by the way. Get peas and carrots. Really make it good. Mix it up. Where are we, saints? I can't answer for you. Your spouse can't answer for you. You've got to do some soul searching, and here's what you have to do this morning. You've got, you got to go to the Lord, and here's what you have to do is you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, am I a fat little baby? Or am I taking advantage of what's in front of me? I've said it before, and I mean it with all my heart. We live in one of the greatest times as far as advantage goes, spiritually. Man, you can listen to Bible teaching from how many different people in, you know, in, in one day, today. I know some people, listen, I know some people, they go to church here, then they go home, and they'll watch three or four services online to get just a whole bunch. That's fine. That's good. Some people are afraid to admit that. No, I would never do that. It's good to do that. And we, we have such advantage, but it's bad if you're just like being a fat little baby and you're just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. And it's, you know, hey, they may be giving meat, but you've turned it into milk and you're just taking it in and you're just a fat little baby. Do something with what God has given you. Here's an interesting thought. When you get, when you get a baby... Because I believe, I believe, listen, I believe everybody's born a sinner. Even, you know, people go, not my baby, bet me. <laughs> and you have to teach, you have to teach kids this one major thing. You gotta teach them how to share. That does not come natural. Have you ever noticed that? What happens naturally? Mine, right? It's just a natural thing. So we teach our children to share. That's one, of the, that's one of the elementary things we get them learning how to do. So let's take that spiritually. What are you doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you sharing it? Oh, Pat, I didn't expect you to go there. Are you sharing it or are you being selfish and you're keeping it all in? I think it's great if you listen to 15 different Bible studies in one day, if you're doing something with it, but if you're just getting broader and broader and broader and broader, that's not healthy. Do something with what you have. You and I should be sharing what we have. We should be sharing with one another and building the body up as we're looking at on Thursday nights, but we should also be sharing with the world. If this world's messed up, you and I then have an opportunity to unmess it and to turn it right side up. All we gotta do, listen, all we gotta do, I think personally, all we have to do is show up. Doesn't the Holy Spirit promise to be there with us? So show up, saint, and just be that person who's available for God to use and determine today, we'll close in prayer here in a minute, determine today you're not gonna be a fat little baby. And if you are a fat little baby, man, you know what? Go home, get a ribeye. Chomp on that thing, do a little exercise, and get going. Let's stand up and pray. Father, as we, as we do think about your word, 
and we think about the challenge here that you've given us as believers, I pray, I pray, God, that our lives would be changed because of what we've read today. That we wouldn't be in verse 11 and we would be those who are dull of hearing, lazy, uncommitted. But I pray we would be those in verse 14 who through the use, through the exercise of the word, we now have that experience to discern what is good and evil. And God, that we would impact our world for righteousness. That it would be different because we live here and because we are, are part of what's going on. So Lord, have your way in our hearts today. And for those of us that need convicting, God, let us take that conviction and let it sink deep in. And let us know that through you, Holy Spirit, we can change and be different. All we have to do is yield. And God, for those who are doing good, we just got some encouragement, let that encouragement build in our life that we can go out into this world that's kinda dark and messed up and we can make a difference. I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer for a couple more minutes and if you are here today and maybe, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus, maybe you're visiting today. I wanna challenge you to take that step of faith and I want you to call on the name of the Lord. If you're here, you've heard the word of God. The word of God is doing something in your heart. And you need to make a choice. You're either gonna say yes to him or no to him. It's your choice, you can do that. But you need to make that choice today. Today is the day. The Bible says that we've all sinned. Every person has sinned, and that means more than once. And the wages of sin is death, or we might interpret that as separation from God. Your sin deserves the wrath of God. That's what the Bible teaches. That's the bad news. The good news is Jesus Christ on the cross took the wrath that you deserve, that I deserve. He took it upon himself. And now, here's what he holds out to us. I paid your debt. Your sin earned you this wrath of God. Now, I took care of that for you. Here, it's paid for. All you have to do is accept. By faith, accept what I've done. So if you wanna do that here today, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And you can say this prayer after me. You can say it out loud. You can say it silently. It's not the volume that matters, but what matters is the, that your heart is sincere. So you can say this prayer with me. And listen, call on the name of the Lord. If you're backslidden today, maybe you're somebody that you got so far back, you're, you're worse than a fat little baby, like you're way back there. Come home. Come back to Jesus right now. Call on his name. He will hear you. You can say this prayer with us. If you are at home watching online, you can say the prayer in your home. Just call on the name of the Lord and, and, and say that prayer or this prayer. Jesus, 
today, I confess that I'm a sinner. And God, I thank you that you died for me. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you today for coming into my heart and changing me. Thank you for coming into my life and guiding me. Today, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior.